Hi, and welcome to 5 Minutes with Phil. From 1 Timothy 3, here's the list of qualifications for overseers, for those who should be leading the church. Above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, which we'll come back to next time, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. When I look at that list, I realize that they all focus on what people inside the church think of a particular person. The attributes are all those which you would expect to be important to Christians. And when you're looking for people to lead and influence the life of the church, there aren't any surprises there. But what does the community have to say? This last one is about the opinions of those outside of the church. My cousin was in real estate. Rod was my mother's sister's, Evelyn's son. His dad, Harry Hallcrow, was the first person I knew who had been adopted. His birth mother's name was Sinclair. I don't know a lot about Uncle Harry, except that he was really good at telling stories of questionable veracity. Rod was their son, and as I said, he was in real estate. Rod was older than me, and I didn't really get to know him until we were pastors in Hamilton from 87 till 90, and Rod called me to ask if I would officiate his wedding for him. He spent more time those few weeks than at any other time in my life. Rod owned a Remax franchise and was very successful, but he had nothing to do with the church and wanted nothing to do with it. And one of the reasons he told me that he had turned his back on God was because of the behavior of Christians. He hated dealing with Christian businessmen and women. As he described it, they wanted everything for nothing, were cheap, always trying to take advantage of people, and were all-around hypocrites. When it came to churches, he simply refused to do business with them. How sad. Paul said Christian leaders must, not just should, but must, have a good reputation with those outside of the church. I'm afraid Christians often have much higher standards for others than they do for themselves. One rule for me, another for thee. Jesus put it in a really simple way. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Matthew 5.37 Be who you say you are. The bottom line word is credibility. These days, everyone in politics and the news media is facing a credibility problem. I saw a brief cut from an episode of the old Lou Grant show in which the lead character, played by Ed Asner, said to his boss, We don't make the news, to which he replied, Yes, we do, by choosing which news we cover. Does the media make stuff up? Unfortunately, sometimes the answer is yes, but the bigger issue is what stories they choose to tell what they choose to emphasize, and how they tell the story. Over the last number of years, Donald Trump often referred to the fake news media. Late last week, Joe Biden told the president of India, the Indian press is much better behaved than the American press. And I think, with your permission, we should not answer questions because they won't ask any questions on point. In other words, 
The media won't do what we, the leaders, want them to do. They won't ask the questions we want them to ask. They won't tell the story we want the way we want the story to be told. I'm sorry, Mr. President, that's not their job. And this is the reason that you and all politicians and the media in general have lost credibility. Some more than others, granted, but we simply don't know what to believe. We can't have Christian leaders that have low credibility, can't be trusted in the marketplace, and who do not have good reputations with the world. I've often used the Great Commandment to summarize what the mission of the Church, and therefore of Christ followers, ought to be. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In all of our lives, there must be the vertical relationship with God himself. We look up to him in worship, adoration, respect, honor, and love. That's the first and greatest commandment. But Jesus then augments this vertical relationship with two horizontal ones. Love your neighbor and love yourself. The final one, love yourself, is not about narcissism. It's about loving who you are and becoming all God means for you to be. It's about developing your skills, talents, and spiritual gifts to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. The middle one, loving your neighbor, is demonstrated with two arms reaching out, one in relationship with the church and the other in relationship with the world, where we work, live, and serve the vast majority of the time. If it were Christian character is lived out, Loving your neighbor is not about giving food to the food bank or money to the United Way, although that might be there too. Loving your neighbor is about being genuine, real, and consistent. Loving your neighbor is how you gain a good reputation with outsiders, and it's one of the ways that anyone can fail. Now, we're all aware of people who have good reputations and have used those good reputations to take advantage of those they know. The news has been filled with people who have been ripped off by investors they trusted. Bernie Madoff, the Lehman Brothers, and the original Charles Ponzi come to mind. People don't invest their hard-earned money with people they don't trust. But these people, and many others, have broken that trust. I also know that people who are in business often make mistakes. After all, they are people. They'll make promises that they're not able to keep. But there's a difference between making a promise that it turns out you can't keep and making a promise that you know you can't keep. Sometimes being fair with your customers and clients can be very difficult. Right now, throughout the home improvement and construction industries, meeting deadlines is often impossible. For some, the demand is 40% ahead of last year, and it's much more difficult to obtain some products and supplies, and labor is extremely hard to find. As a result, they run behind schedule. There are days when it feels that most of the conversations are with people who need their order now. So everybody hopefully does their best. I trust you do too.